views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. Balmy right up here in the quiet corner of New England. 57 degrees when I get up this morning in the quiet corner up at Thompson. We'll take it, though. It's another day closer to spring. And it's Tuesday morning, 9.05, so that means another edition of the award-winning Author's Hour. On Smoker 99.9 FM, Alexa, we are getting a very large following right now on TuneIn Radio. It's an absolute free app right on your mobile device or your iPad. Very, very one shop, one click. Put that app in there or simple radio. That's what I, I listen when I'm working out in the yard all the time. Simple radio, another free app for all this great programming right here on WNRI. As you know, I'm a member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors and also on the board. Matter of fact, we have our board meeting tonight, uh, virtual by Zoom. And also, we always have our annual expo the first Saturday of December every year. And this year is no different except we cannot have 1,000 to 3,000 people coming to it with 130 authors at the roads on the Patuxent. We did reserve the date for next year. It's always the first Saturday. But this year, we're going to have our very first virtual book expo. And as of yet last night, we had over 50 authors that have gone through the process on how to do their presentation on our very first Rhode Island Association of Rhode Island Authors Book Expo, Virtual Book Expo. And there is going to be a section on there for the seminars that you can click on with our astute members on that discussing all kinds of subjects. So please uh, tune in to that Saturday morning. Uh, starts at 10 o'clock Saturday morning right through the day. It'll have presentations and over 50 of our association authors on now with their own presentation that you can click right on to. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advanced notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. And also, we got a big announcement here. Sherwood Brothers Liquidators, one of our newest sponsors, just bought out a complete inventory of flooring. 
boy, they've added that they had all the size shelving, all the different size two-door, three-door coolers, freezers, checkout counters, uh, from liquidations of like a Walgreens closing or a CVS or any of the newer retail stores, Sherwood Brothers Liquidators gets that first call and gets a shot at all that inventory. He tries to sell down the inventory four or five days. And now we have a location at building number nine in the Tupperware Condos in Blackstone, Massachusetts. And say if you're coming down St. Paul Street looking over the Blackstone River, you see the old mills from Blackstone that have been converted to condos. The end of that complex is all commercial uh, tenants right there. And they are in Building 9 in the Tupperware Condo Mill Complex. Sherwood Brothers Liquidators, 219-802-3769. Nationwide brokerage for inventory closeouts, seasonal clearance, overstock, stock liquidations, abandoned freight, and now... Just This is unbelievable what he got his hands on. Luxello Pronto, made by Matworks, genuine porcelain in a large format, floating for floors with patented watertight and waterproof tongue and groove. Our regular on this is over $10 per square foot. He can pass that savings on to you for about $2 per square foot. He grabbed a full truckload of 18 pallets of flooring, and they are going fast. Give John a call at 219-802-3769. Maybe you just want to add on a section to your retail store. you got a man cave. You want some real nice shelving to display your collectibles in your hoarding, stuff like that. Or uh, a brand new business starting up to fill a niche market with a vacuum with somebody closing. Get that cost right down. Get your five-year business plan set up and uh, put out for your retail shelving. Start with Sherwood Brothers Liquidators at 219-802-3769 and mention this radio station. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. 34 today, Sarah Mandevire. Uh, Shannon Jackson turns 48. Ray Loveless, one heck of a driver down to Seacock, 37. Father of the Year, Cliff Dunn from Connecticut. The big happy birthday. And he's uh, laughing right now. I can see his belly bouncing right now as he hears his name over the radio. And on December 2nd, uh, Cynthia Marie Fuller from Newtown, Connecticut, from her family and friends, wanted to get it on the air. We have a guest on the phone right now. And I'm going to queue up my next part of the program. We've got three computers right here. My wife would be totally proud of me of multitasking. And let me do a little bit of intro on this. The name of the book is Loved and Wanted. It's a memoir of choice, children and womanhood by Krista Paravanana. Okay. Krista is a best-selling author of her, a memoir. Her writing has appeared in Catapult, 
the Washington Post, the Daily Beast, the London Times, and other worldwide publications. She has taught at Dartmouth College, UMass Amherst, Sunya Purchase, and West Virginia University, where she served as an assistant professor of creative nonfiction. She earned her MFA in visual arts from Columbia University and her MFA in creative writing from Rutgers University. In the United States of America today, no loving mother should have to worry about whether she can afford another child. You wouldn't think it's even an issue if you're talking about a 40-year-old married and unemployed college professor. In Loved and Wanted, a memoir of choice, Children and Womanhood, Krista, author of the critically acclaimed memoir, Her, shares her personal struggles with such a complex choices, financial worries, job insecurity, inadequate health care, the aftermath of a polluted ground war and her young child's health, and the pervasive toll of systematic sexism sadly familiar to many women across the socioeconomic spectrum in our country. Good morning, Krista. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to come on to the author's hour with such little notice. Uh, The pandemic is really raising havoc with the schedule. Uh, I will schedule the authors or editors or narrators, uh, illustrators, you know, two to three months in advance. And the virus has a way of sneaking into households overnight. This is really a scary situation. Has it affected your family? Oh, immensely. I'm teaching full-time online. I'm lucky to be able to... I'm still at the university in West Virginia, and um, I'm teaching full-time online, but all three of our children are home with no child care. (laughs) So it has impacted us immensely. Um, My older daughter's homeschooling, and, um, you know, one of us, my husband or I, are always running between a computer to try to get her hooked up and ready to go to learn, and I'm trying my best to teach as well and we have uh, a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son and uh, our four-year-old daughter was in a short preschool um, you know day it was socially distanced but COVID was introduced into that daycare preschool and she's home now too so yes it has immensely. Now doing your uh, virtual I guess on Zoom your college Mm -hmm. courses uh, Mm -hmm. on a virtual format what would you say your average audiences of students, 20, 30, 40? Um, well, it, usually, I mean, I teach a graduate workshop usually, but this semester is a little bit different. I'm teaching undergraduates, and I have 22 students in both of my classes, which were pre-enrolled. So I, I teach 22 students online every Tuesday and Thursday. Now, if you were back in a normal situation at the college, mm-hmm. what would your average class be? in person oh it would be a little bit smaller than that and um it it would i would you know there would be consistent class meetings in person um and less sitting on the computer (laughs) i think honestly my i've been kind of pleasantly surprised uh that 
I'm able to teach on Zoom in almost the same way that I was able to teach in person. Just, you know, it's hard to connect with students, but I've managed to be able to do that. And I'm really grateful that the online platform is allowed that. I think for a creative writing workshop, it's a little bit easier in that way, you know. Do you think that after the virus, do you think this new format will catch on and be the the new norm? I do, actually. I mean, it's not something that I've talked about, but I, I think that I, I see the need for certain students to be able to be able to stay home. I mean, there are students who are parents just like me or, you know, care, caregiving their parents. Or it's easier to be able to access an education, I think, if you're able to do it remotely. I see the strength of that now. It's not something that had been offered to students of creative writing before, and I'm kind of hopeful that it will. I also think that it might be an opportunity for faculty members to be able to teach at all different kinds of places, uh, you know, where they wouldn't have been able to relocate before. So it's a way to introduce new talent to universities, but also to offer an education to students who might not have been able to have have access to it. Okay, I'm going to level the playing field as a radio host. That way there's no misconceptions. Mm-hmm. I am an elderly person, retired. I'm a diehard Catholic. You know, I basically, I voted for the Pope. You know, I'm that type of person. I went to Catholic school, all the different sacraments, you know, First Communion, married in the church and everything else. And my personal view and my wife was not even a discussion on the word abortion and our particular views. We've been married 52 years. But I am open to the discussion of abortion because I want the ability to learn about subject matters that I've been closed out coming from a Roman Catholic uh, 100% family, my mother, my wife's grandmother, I mean, they are, I know they're in heaven right now on the side of somebody. They're showing us how they're not down below, they're up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I got the book and I says, I don't know on this. And then I Mm -hmm. started reading it. Your publicist said to me, she says, wait, she says, give this one a try. So I, you know, was hesitant. I didn't put it on the top of the pile. I moved it down to number two or three. And then the other day I opened it and I discovered a gem. Your style of writing on this subject matter covers all the bases for someone that isn't highly educated in that subject matter. You know, sometimes we put boxes up. There's no way I'm going to do that in my life. There's no way I'm going to read a romance book. I'm too macho uh-huh. and then stuff mm-hmm. like this. And memoirs are tough enough to start with. But mm-hmm. how you come in to a 40-year-old that already has an established family with financial problems with two children already. Mm-hmm. And the financial part, the way you had your two checkbooks set up where you were responsible for X amount of bills and it was kind of a mystery on your Mm -hmm. spouses because of his income going up and down and liens and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I love how you did this book. And it gives me a whole new perspective on the subject matter. When this first book, uh, second book in your choice, came up, 
Did you have any reservations on writing it? Uh, you discussed your mother and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they were from the old school, I believe, the way I am. Oh, they are, yeah, absolutely. I was raised in a Catholic household. Um, my, On both sides of my family, my mother's and my father's side, I'm Italian. I grew up in upstate New York, and we are a, a diehard Roman Catholic family. And um, I was raised in the church. I went to Catholic school when I was in kindergarten. I grew up going to church. Um, at, at a certain point, we we stopped going because we moved around a lot. Uh and but it was my my uh, I would I would be crushed to say that my family is not still of the Catholic faith. They are, um, and it's amazing though because my mother, my aunt, everyone supports the publication of this book. Um, and I I you know it surprised me that I wrote this book. My first book, uh, her a memoir, is about the loss of my identical twin sister who uh, had been sexually assaulted in. in um, uh, an area outside of Amherst, Massachusetts, when she was uh, an under uh, a graduate student in creative writing at UMass Amherst, and um, she died six years later of an overdose. And that was a book about the loss of my identical twin and um, what it meant to reclaim my identity, having felt that I too had died. We were very close, um, and I hadn't really heard. It discussed before, you know, the death of an identical twin that way. And in a way, that book was easier to write, one, because my sister was, was gone and I could discuss her life in a way that didn't have the kinds of barriers uh, that this one does. You know, everyone in this book is alive. It's a really uh, hard topic to discuss, reproductive health care. And I am a loving mother of three beautiful children. But this is what happened. I, um, I was a professor at West Virginia University. I was making $55,000 a year. My husband, um, who is a writer also, uh, had you know intermittent employment and he struggled to find consistent work. Um, and we were in a financial bind. I mean, people who live in this country know rent is expensive. Medical care is expensive. We could we could barely affair, afford preschool. Almost all of my salary went to daycare or rent. So uh, we moved to West Virginia, and I started teaching, hoping this salary would get us through. And um, we had a, a daughter um, when we already moved there. She was uh, six years old when my third child was born. She was three and a half when we moved to West Virginia. But we welcomed a second child into our family about a year after we moved to West Virginia and she was a year old and I found out I was pregnant with a third child which was a huge surprise for me because it was hard to get pregnant I, I, I struggled with pregnancy I'd had many miscarriages it had taken me five years to conceive between children and um, it was a shock to find out that I was pregnant for a third time um, and of course the immense stress of being able to figure out how to afford a third child was what was on my mind. Um, Can I ask one question on yeah. that part of the description? Sure. Because I got it marked down here. When you had the shock of finding out you did the test, you went in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and you you gave me like a cliffhanger. You're waiting for the results, waiting for the results, the color of the test strip and everything else. Mm-hmm. Was your husband or your sexual mate at that time under the impression that you were taking protection? No. 
no, neither of us were. I mean, uh, I. Well, was he? Uh, was he thinking that you were? No. Okay. No. no. We, you know, we were not uh, using reliable birth control. We were using uh, a method that is not proven to be 100% effective. I was not on the pill. Because that's a common thing I find amongst my friends and family members Mm -hmm. when there is an unexpected pregnancy. The other, Mm -hmm. why didn't you protect yourself? I thought you were on something. I I think that's Mm -hmm. a common question to be asked. Yeah, in in, in our situation, it was uh, less that. It was just that we weren't conceiving. And okay. we were not we were not conceiving. It was not something we'd not had to face an unexpected pregnancy at that point. Okay. And it had taken a lot to be able to get pregnant to begin with. And so it was actually shocking to both of us that I at forty years old wound up pregnant with a third child. Especially I only had one fallopian tube. I'd had, you know, an ectopic pregnancy rupture, for example, and wow. I just was not I was not conceiving. So I was, you know, when my when my doctor found out, she said, well, this is a perfect example of how, you know, we need to discuss how reliable birth control is important even for people who don't think that they can conceive. I was one of those people. So it was surprising. It was a surprising revelation to us. And um, one that I never thought that I would write about. Um, what happened was that I, you know, I looked at our checkbook and I thought I cannot afford three children and it's painful but I can't and I couldn't um there was just no way there was no way around it at that point uh so I called my doctor and scheduled an appointment and I had um the mandatory ultrasound and was told that I was pregnant and I asked where I could find reproductive health care and I was told that they didn't know how to help me And it was then that I discovered that there was only one place in the entire state of West Virginia that provided reproductive health care, and it was many hours away from my house. And there were severe restrictions around obtaining that reproductive health care. It would take about two weeks out of my uh, work schedule to be able to go get the abortion. I would have to tell my boss. I wouldn't have medical leave. Uh, And there was just no way to do it. And I, I... continued my pregnancy hoping that we would be able to make ends meet and uh we welcomed a beautiful child into our family and i struggled emotionally with the fact that i was not sure how i was going to be able to manufacture this income to support our family but i you know went through my pregnancy with hope that i would and that it would be okay um but i was haunted by what i learned about access to reproductive health care during that time which is that it's incredibly hard for women. And um, I wondered about all of those women who had much less than I did at that point and how they were managing to make it, Um, how they were also able to be able to bolster their self-confidence in terms of being able to make their own choices and be told that they had agency over their bodies, which, you know, no woman wants to go have an abortion. That's the thing. You know, the majority of women who seek an abortion and some of the, some of the, some of the, you know, comments I get are, well, people are using it as birth control. That's actually not true. The majority of women who seek an abortion already have children, and they're doing it uh, because they've had an accidental pregnancy, and they can't afford the children that they already have, and that's actually really well documented. Uh, Women are not, you know, callously going off to terminate pregnancies without knowing what it means to be a loving parent already. The majority of women are, are, are already parents. Um, so they understand the gravity of the situation and the difficulty of that decision. 
But to have that decision taken away from you is, you know, destabilizing as a parent. And I had, I experienced those feelings during my pregnancy and it's not something that I'd ever heard talked about. And I felt like I wanted to be able to talk about that with people. So they understood the ramifications of uh, curtailing reproductive health care for women. The first is emotional, emotional during pregnancy. But the other thing is uh, that I did have my son and he was born with significant health problems. And uh, I hadn't experienced that before. I'd had, well, my daughter has kidney problems, but um, my son Keith was really failing to thrive. He was unable to nurse. He was clearly injured after birth. And um, there were no, the, the, the hospital was severely underfunded where he was born and we were asked to leave during a time in his care, you know, the first few days he was born when we should have stayed and he should have been looked after. And it was um, one of the most horrible experiences of my life. I could not, um, my son was fighting to survive and I couldn't uh, figure out what was wrong with him and there was not adequate medical care. And uh, as a parent, I just thought, what kind of what kind of country am I in where I am not allowed a choice and I'm, you know, in earnest trying to raise my family and they're not being provided for anywhere. <laughs> so um, I'm and sure you have questions. You made, but, and you ahead. made uh, many, many phone calls to many mm-hmm. different agencies, doctors, mm-hmm. different I states. Did. You were mo- ready to move them state to state, and mm-hmm. it was so well done, informative, information-wide, in this of what's going on in the country. I wasn't aware of it. And um, also, you touched in the book a couple of things about uh, that you know, I was misled on, and I thought the black population and Hispanics and stuff like that were uh, 95% of the business on all of these freestanding clinics in the states that it's very open and stuff like that. And your book made me informed, like you say, a lot of it is uh, older parents, older women who are surprised and they are not ready for another new baby at that time of their life. Yeah, I mean that is that is the reality. That that is the majority of the population who are seeking a termination of pregnancy doing so because they cannot afford another child, not because they don't want another child. Um, and the thing that I uh, the thing that I uncovered uh, after you know I moved out of West Virginia to the state of California, and we discovered my son had a severe latch issue. Uh, he needed to have surgery on his mouth and uh, a broken bone. And that was what was wrong with him. But he had gone from pediatrician to pediatrician in the state of West Virginia, through the hospital birth, everything, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. But um, I discovered that states that curtail reproductive health care have the highest rates of infant and child mortality in the country and the highest wow. rate of maternal mortality as well. Um, so I, I wrote this book because I wanted to advocate for my children. It, it, it wasn't about me. It was about them. You know, people hear and they, they hear a book and they say they hear about reproductive health care and they think of a selfish woman but really uh this is a book about the ways in which our laws are not providing for our children it's a book about reproductive health care for my children not not because i don't want them 
the emails are lighting up like a Christmas tree. Uh, the email for the author's hour every Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. We have a one-hour show here on all different types of books. We are not uh, limited to any genre. Anything is on the table on this show, including poetry, erotica, you name it. A good book is a good book. We're discussing Loved and Wanted, another memoir, and this one is of choice, children, and womanhood. Uh, Krista Paravani, and it's her second book, and uh, I'd say about six of the emails in a row is where is the book available. Uh, I found it right on Amazon. Would you like to make the sale of the book on your own website to uh, uh, keep more of the profits on it? Well, I, no matter what, I make the same profits, but the, you can go online and you can buy it directly through Macmillan, the publisher of the book. I, Henry Holt publishes the book, and they you can buy it directly through Macmillan or um, at numerous independent bookstores as well. Okay, now, when you made your pitch on this second book, you already mm-hmm. had your award-winning book, Her, under okay. your resume. Did mm-hmm. that open up more doors for you, make it easier on the second book for your pitch? Well, um, the second book took a long time. I published the first book in 2013. Obviously, being a parent slowed me down as a writer in that way. Um, You know, uh, it was easier to sell this book than it was to sell the first book because of the fact that I had a track record. But it was immensely hard to write this book, harder than the first in many ways, because I had had many years to write the first book. This book, um, my publisher saw the proposal, um, which was based on an essay that, that, I, that I wrote about this, which is basically about the ramifications of, uh, you know, curtailed rights of um, women on infants and children. Um, but they bought the proposal based on that, and I only had four months to write the book. Four months for a whole book and mother of three. So <laughs> it was easier and it opened doors, but the expectations were higher. So, so you um, did your pitch and approval before the book was written, and then yes. you got a, a deadline to do it. I figured it'd yes, be just the right. opposite. You would have the book all done, uh, mm-hmm. ready for the, either there, the new publisher is going to be the editor, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. ready to go, and you did it just the opposite way. Mm-hmm. I did it just the opposite way, and many writers do that. But the first time around, I had not. I, I, I had a full manuscript. This time I had a proposal, um, and it's done in nonfiction both ways. Um, I recommend having a full manuscript done. I don't recommend working under this kind of deadline. It's incredibly stressful. It's a high-pressure situation, and I was able to pull it off because I worked with the same editor that I'd worked with before. I knew her really well, and I, you know, I had to carve out three months where I just sat, sat and did nothing but write this book. So that, that's how that works. I, unless you have the ability to do that, I wouldn't. Um, I would write the full book. That's what I tell my students too. Now, people all the time uh, that are purchasing books around the country and stuff like that. They see the memoir mm-hmm. of Obama or other presidents and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they're automatically million sellers right off the bat mm-hmm. because of the name recognition. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. imagine I haven't written a memoir myself yet. I mm-hmm. will. I promise myself I will. It's on my mm-hmm. bucket list. And I'm going to do it in decade increments because Uh I've got a very good memory and I know I couldn't get my whole life into one book. It'd be impossible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, bragging, but 
a lot of different careers that I had or businesses that I ran at the time or changes with the Vietnam War and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I couldn't devote in a, a 600-page life yeah. memoir. But, so I'm going to do it in mm-hmm. 10-year increments. Mm-hmm. But the memoir genre of our industry is so huge. I got my cyber sales from the Strand from New York and from the Harvard bookstore and stuff like that. And I went into subjects of what they had on sale and the memoir was almost double of any other category. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. There's such a market out there in memoirs. Uh, this one is going to click if you use keywords on uh, abortion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On your Google searches, it may help coming up like that. Mm-hmm. And a choice, I think, is another word on the Google search is going to generate mm-hmm. this book being one of the choices up there. Uh-huh. Now, with book signings or going to libraries and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's almost non-existent right now with the virus. Are you doing anything? Are you doing anything virtual? Um, I had a few virtual events last week, and uh, I'm sure that they'll, they'll be updated. And you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. And right now, I'm doing um, radio, so I'm on a radio tour at this point and podcasts. And then uh, probably next month, I'll start doing. Uh, Zoom events. Um, I opted to do it this way since I'm I'm already teaching and on the computer, you know, teaching students and with my daughter at school. I'm doing radio and TV also. I'll be on C-SPAN next week on the book hour. Very, very good. So you you have a great business plan all set up for this. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's all set in stone here for success because the product is quality. Of the first virtual events that you've had so far, is there any particular question that was brought up to you that really stirred up your uh, intuition? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, the, the main question I have about this book that is, you know, what are you going to tell your son about this book? Because the idea that you would write a book about um, uh, a pregnancy that was unintentional is um, a really taboo idea. You know, it's like I've written a book that announces itself on, um, you know, uh, one of the hardest things a parent could ever admit to a child. And um, it's a question that I'm asked, you know, what what are you going to tell your son about why you wrote this book? And it's where the title of the book comes from, Loved and Wanted. Um, I'm going to tell my son that I wrote this book because I wanted to protect him and I wanted to protect his sisters. I want in, you know, at the end of my life to be able to look at my children and say, I did what I could to defend your health care and the health care of your children. And I'm going to tell him that, you know, I hope that in his life that he is able to make those kinds of hard decisions too. I wouldn't have been able to live with myself knowing that as a writer, I was able to articulate the story. And it's a story of America right now. It's a story that so many of us are familiar with, struggling to pay our bills, struggling to find medical care struggling to find money for retirement and it's not just a story about abortion it's a story about what it, it means to be able to live in a in a country where we are free to be able to make our own decisions and provide for our families and i'll tell him that and i hope that he understands that um even though the pregnancy was unintended it has nothing to do with my ability to love him and the, my bounds of the bounds of my love for my children are endless 
but it's a question that I'm asked quite frequently and uh, am happy to answer. So you must be exhausted this four-month uh, uh, blitz to get this book out and then get it edited and <laughs> that. But I've got to uh-huh. ask you the same question that I ask every author, especially the uh-huh. good ones. What are you working on now? Well, <laughs> I'm, I had... That's a great question. I had been working on another book uh, before I wrote Loved and Wanted, um, and I had to put it on hold because this one needed to be written so quickly, but it is the story of a woman who was uh, raised in a Lutheran household in Minnesota and was uh, married in college to her sweetheart, and she um, and he were both uh, interested in government. She became a public school teacher, and they took the test to be in the CIA, and she wound up being admitted into the CIA and working at the top of the uh, agency and asset conversion during uh, the Bin Laden years in Peshawar, Pakistan, uh, working undercover. And her husband didn't make the cut, and he was insanely abusive to her as a result of his dissatisfaction with his own life. And uh, it's a story about the ways in which women, even the women in highest positions of power, must keep secrets, you know, in order to keep the secrets. In order to keep the country safe, she needed to keep that secret about her own, you know, trouble at home uh, because it would have compromised national security. So it's about that. You got my juices flowing, I'll tell you. <laughs> you got to get me a copy of that when it's ready. And matter of fact, your first book, get a hold of your publicist, you know how to do it. Get me a copy of your first book because I would like to have these together because I got a feeling we got one hell of an author in our midst right now. Oh, thank you. Hey, you have one of the best days of your life, and thank you very much. Name of the book is Loved and Wanted. I rate it a 9.9 out of 10, and I do not do that lightly on memoirs. But this one here, it's well, well done. Thank you so much. You have one of the best days of your life. You too. Give a bye. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Batlean's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Harvest Moon Health Food. Net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. We got emails from San Francisco. One from uh, Murphy's Free Borough, uh, Oklahoma. We've got one here from Zephyr Hills, Florida. Wayne, fantastic show. Keep it up. We tune in every week. 
And uh, Wayne WNRI Yahoo.com. We really love the attention on it and uh, the subject matter of all the different books out there. And what a sale we got going on right now at Book Lovers Gourmet, your local independent bookstore owned and operated by Debbie Horan, right in uh, Webster, Massachusetts at 72 East Main Street since 1995. Should be open in about 15 minutes. Although, I can smell that fresh bakery coming, uh, goods coming from Phyllis Bakery coming right up the road right now. So she'll probably be there a little bit earlier today with the Christmas sale. 508-949-6232. And she's added on Mondays now from now through Christmas. Check out the wide selection of books and gifts. It's where good books, good coffee, and that's uh, some fantastic roasters there, too. You can buy it by the pound. Good friends meet and what deals going on. Shop small all season long. And also, if she's got another sale, she'd like to get on the air today. 20% off any one holiday greeting card. By the mention of the uh, Authors Hour here on WNRI. Thank you very much, Debbie, on that. Now, go on Facebook for Book Lovers Gourmet. Uh, You'll see how she updates it almost every day with all kinds of specials and uh, events coming up. She's had virtual book signings, a lot of stuff going on. She's very, very proactive. She's the president of the uh, Webster Dudley Business Association up there. Very, very good on social media on her website, Stoop. Booklovesgourmet.com. 508-949-6232. I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book out
you know, every event I go to, Christmas shopping, Wally World, whatever, you always come out in the parking lot and it's the same scene. You'll see somebody kick the tires or slap the roof of the car, and you know what I'm going to say. They forgot their keys and their key fob in the car. It happens to all of us. Now, who are you going to call? You're going to call an ex-wife, be reminded you're three months behind on your alimony. You're going to call Ghostbusters for the third episode. Nope, you should be calling Larry's 24-hour towing. Lockout service, jump start service, you know, you left the dome light on, your seatbelt got caught in the door, whatever. Just to get you back on the road quickly or that very first black ice of the year. You slide off in a parking lot, a driveway, you want to get back onto pavement and uh, there's no damage. You just need a hand to get you going. Larry's 24-hour towing, 401-568-6286. Use that same number to schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection. One of the last 13 states in the country, and you know Gina's not going to give that up. Now, if your vehicle finally has reached that mark, like mine, you know, I get up to 400, 500,000 miles, and then I start looking, you know. They also have Burrowville Motor Sales under the same location with used auto and truck sales with new arrivals every day. I always keep my eyes open for something. Peter, Jerry, John, Brian, all ASE certified and also expert body work and insurance estimates at the same location. They'll work with all insurance companies. That's Boroughville Motor Sales, Larry's 24-hour towing, 401-568-6286. Download that right now into your cell phone or your iPad. You'll have it right there. In that emergency, or when some family member calls you, who are you going to call? Call Larry's 24-hour towing, 401-568-6286. New Arrivals. The DNA of Democracy by Richard Lyons. That's going to be coming up on the show. A Manifesto by Harry Jackson, Jr., CNN keeps gobbling him up. Every time I have this guy scheduled, he has to fly around the country to another place. He's that hot in the book and him a very, very hot material in the country. St. Purgatory by Joe Silva. And he sent me another one the other day. He's got another book out since he sent me that one. It's uh, on a famous beach right here in Rhode Island. Angels by the River. By James Gustin and the Bull and other short stories we already did by Dr. Michael Fine. He also is our author of Abundance and he gives us our weekly report on Go Local Proudness on the uh, epidemic pandemic that's going through. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Transportation of Fairbanks today and Little General Stores. There's one in your neighborhood. Yeah, they've been around since 1970. Mr. Lapia still going strong. And also uh, money orders, gift cards, Mrs. Pettit's baked beans at most locations. Their own Chuck Hamburg has that sale, three ninety nine a pound. You know what I'm talking about. I get mine at one pound increments for us empty nesters and so many meals you can make. Milk fun bottles are now available at all locations. And don't forget that little general gift card. Everybody looks for one at the holidays. 
Boy, I'll tell you, the emails are lighting up like a Christmas tree. John Fitzpatrick, uh, Dick Flavin from San Francisco, the poet laureate of the Boston Red Sox. Wade, he says, you knocked it out of the box today, kid. Oh, and that means a lot to me when somebody says that. How about a little poetry today? Surrendering to the Path by Robert Eugene Perry. Been on the show about five times. He calls on Dudley, Massachusetts home. I picked this one out the other day because it really, really caught my eye. Time moves. Time moves as I type these words, slowly beating out the measure of my life. My hand can no longer hold the pen, and I cannot remember life without pain. This is no exercise in self-pity, nor sorrow at what might have been. This is an assemblance of the facts, a stab of objectivity. In the middle portion of my life, one can never be quite sure, I have seen my own darkness turned inside out, exposed to light and negated. Yet the shadows remain. I see your wounds, share your humanity, yet still I would judge you with my lesser self. We who are so fond of labels would see the world in black and white. Each soul neatly boxed and shelved, everything in its right place. God, too, is placed in a box, albeit a larger one with brighter colors. Placed on the altar of our own understanding, worshipped in our own accustomed style. We fear the others who question the box, never comprehending we have boxed in ourselves. Name it as time moves. And uh, this guy is a rock star. He should be known nationally. I've got a few of his works now. Met him in person. Had him on the show. And poetry, nature. He loves walking on paths, all the different trails around New England. And that's what inspires him the most. This one is uh, Surrendering to the Path. Available at Book Lovers Gourmet. And the author is Robert Eugene Perry. And the guy is really, really good. I put him right up there with Adele Bourne from uh, Providence. I got to get her back on the show, too. Every time I get her on the show, it lights up like a Christmas tree. Got an email here, too, from uh, Pamela Goodness. And she's got a new uh, book out, too, on poetry. And uh, she's 22 years old. And I'm looking for the name of it right here. And Walking Widowed. Reflection on Laws is available at Stillwater Books at 175 Main Street. And Stephen Dorn added extended hours down there, too. Walking Widowed, Reflections on Laws, is available in poetry by a nice uh, new author for me from Smithfield, Rhode Island. That is correct, too. That Barnes & Noble at the Lincoln Plaza in Worcester, Mass. is closed. Its last day was October 31st. Uh, closest ones up there now would be Millbury and Lemonster, state of Massachusetts. Chain of Gold, too, by Cassandra Clare. And uh, Flirtation on the Hudson by J.F. Collin. Now, that name sounds familiar. She's uh, the most renowned lawyer in the country on antitrust and uh, rights and stuff like copyright, copyright lawyers from New York, her and her husband. Now, I believe they represent Walt Disney. And now she's really getting a bug for writing. 
and uh, flirtation on the Hudson as a romance. And since then, she sent me uh, either one or two more. So we got to get her on the show, too. Always a great interview. Now, also, uh, Northeast Race Cars has got another slab of cement down, so they're going to be expanding again. Uh, Northeast Race Cars and Speed picked up their ship daily by 11 o'clock right there at FedEx, UPS, or Postal Service. Uh, the location is at Six Hill Road in Harrisville, 401-710-9992. And they have a continuation of their Black Friday sale that they had on Facebook and on the website. They're open from 8 to 5 p.m. Race car parts and supplier and custom fabrication. Chassis setup, they'll actually build you a race car. Simpson, MSD Ignition, Willwood, Moroso, and so much more. Race car parts and service from a career-long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins. And congratulations on the expanding of Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair at your main location, right there at Six Hill Road, Harrisville. Best brake job in Northern Rhode Island. Herbie and the guys up there, what a job they do. And they pass the savings on to you with the Black Friday Savings. 10 to 15% on almost everything in stock or special ordered. And today is Tuesday, and Chef <laughs> Chef Gary McLaughlin and uh, Jeff, I think they're going to go up there and grab one of those pizzas. Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant at the Bridgeton Triangle, alias Church Street. If you want to get the delivery to your house or pick up, give them a call at 401-568-7187. Over 52 years right there. Three different owners. Jimmy Ponsker and now and boys. Keeping on the tradition, including that fantastic Tuesday sale. Year-round, Lodge Cheese Pizza. Now, this is not a skimpy. This is 15 slices. Rectangle, nice cornmeal crust. I grab one. Don't tell Jimmy. I put my own pepperoni and mushrooms on it. It's enough for two meals and four or five slices for Masterpiece Theater. Don't you like that Roadkill series? Oh, well, do I love it. And also, don't forget, you want a destination ride on a Sunday. You know, that's how I always grew up my 52 years. I always come up with mystery rides, you know, just to stir it up a little bit. We'll take a ride up to 405 Church Street on a Sunday and have Sunday dinner for two for you and your loved one for only $19.99. And that includes soda or coffee, including decaf. They usually make me a fresh pot. And you'll feel so guilty. You, you know, you should honestly give the server an extra fin on that. It'll make her feel good or him feel good. You feel good. The owner feel good. And then she's going to say... Oh, no, no, Mr. Baba, don't leave yet. You've still got a homemade dessert coming. Six different choices. Give me the lemon meringue, the nut bread pudding, and I'll have that with my masterpiece theater, too. All for $19.99 every Sunday at Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant. Uh, 66% capacity is what they're allowing right now, Gina. 401-568-7187. Pickup, delivery, sit-in. Boy, they get it done right. And also, Belo's Flowers right now. The Christmas trees are there, and they're going like hotcakes. Local Christmas trees, nice and fresh. They will last. And all 
the uh, Christmas decorations, uh, the wreaths. Uh, I got to stop and get a couple of cemetery plots that I usually have uh, done every year. Jeannie and Ralph, what a job over there for 60 years at Belu's Flowers and Gift Shop. Don't forget the gift shop. If you can't think of anything now, get a gift certificate. You'll use it during the year. 401-766-3165. On your way to American Beauty Signworks to get all that advertising for the Christmas holiday for your retail store. We would like to thank... Krista, Paravana, the name of the book is Loved and Wanted for our fantastic listeners and emails worldwide. 13 different ways you can listen to the Author's Hour every Tuesday morning at 9.05. And all genres are allowed on the show. Don't send me a book right now. I've got to tell you right now. I have hit 40 or more books on my pile to read before I interviewed the author. And I honestly think that's the secret to the show. Knowing the book, you become the book, and it adds so much to the interview. I hope you enjoyed today's show and look forward to talking to you on the outdoor scene, one of my other award-winning radio programs, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, right here on Smokin' 99.9 FM, WNRI, on the airways since 1954. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri.yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.